Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Yes! Sex and Science Hour! We're back! It's season three! Holy shit, I can barely contain myself. I am so fucking excited. How about you, Brian? Are you excited? I, I, I am excited. I am definitely excited. Now, notice my mic technique. It probably wasn't perfect, but I did lean back quite a bit from the microphone, so I didn't, you know. Yeah, you were all over the room. I was. I was shaking everything all over the place. That's right. But that's what you got to do because it's season three. Sex and Science Hour is back. Did you miss us? Holy shit. How did you people go for three weeks without hearing our voices freshly uh, recorded for an hour plus in your ears? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, some people were probably going through withdrawals from the comments I got. You know, there were people who were very, who really missed the show and they were uh, writing me emails saying, you know, bring back, hashtag bring back Sash and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we planned to bring it back all along. But I guess, you know, maybe people don't really trust us because we did have a history of pod fading between seasons one and two. Well, hopefully we're rebuilding that trust. Yeah, I think we are. Um, and you, you definitely helped me, too. It, it helps when you're trying to aim for consistency. It always helps to have a partner to sort of keep you accountable. Like tonight, I definitely said, oh, man, I don't I just am tired. I don't feel like doing a show. And you're like, no, 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 we have to do it. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. And not only that, but like I couldn't wait to talk about this story. We've got a great story to open up season three. Now, this isn't the Halloween show yet. Next week is going to be the Halloween show. We got all scary stories. But this one's a a little on the scary side, too, I would say. But aside from that, it's just awesome. Well, you know, I, I always enjoy like the idea of October just like being the whole month is just Halloween, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I really I like that. appreciate that. I mean, I'd be just as well if it was all year, but. I mean, I think you like it, especially because it's kind of like satanic, you know, like yeah, pagan or whatever. Yeah, I used and, to have this friend in high school whose family was like super Christian and they wouldn't let her go trick or treating for Halloween because sure it was satanic. Yeah, I don't know if I ever really went. Um, I can't really remember, Aww. you know, growing You got up. caught up in the satanic panic. Yeah, right? Casualty geez. of the Woo. satanic panic. Well, people are going to panic when they hear about this. All right. I've got an article here, which you found, Brian, credit to you, from Vice by Toby McCasker, which is called The Emerging Fetish of Laying Alien Eggs Inside Yourself. And it's about a sex toy called the ovipositor. Now, do you know what an ovipositor is? It's a piece of, it's a part, a body part on an insect that it uses to deposit its eggs and it's like a little straw it's a very weird combination of like a penis or like a maybe like a 
uh, retractable vagina kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a very weird sex organ, but it's a thing that bugs use to lay their eggs, but it's like a straw or a tube that the eggs go down and then they go plop. Now, is this generally oh. on like the thorax or is it on like... Probably on the, the abdomen. The abdomen? I'm guessing, okay. yeah. Because yeah, yeah. right. insects, as you pointed out, you know, have a thorax, head, thorax, abdomen, right? Yep, the three Body parts. segments. Yeah. And then they've got legs, six legs, right? At least six. Wait a minute. No, they, they don't have to have that. <laughs> okay. Well, well I'm not an entomologist, yeah. Brian. <laughs> we have I. to call Adam Shahid for that because oh, he okay. is an entomologist, a friend of his show. But anyway, um, <laughs> so let's talk about the ovipositor, the, the fantasy version for humans. Recently, says Toby McCasker, while on the Internet looking at weird sex things. I mean, I do that, too. Right. Like, don't doesn't everybody. Sure. I came across the gushing testimony of a young woman who had just discovered primal hardwares, and weir is spelled like a werewolf, um, patented ovipositor, one of the most unusual and confronting sex toys I've ever heard of. The ovipositor is basically a big dildo that lays goopy eggs molded from gelatin inside the body cavity of your choice. Fans of the ovipositor say that the sensation of mushy extraterrestrial ovum slopping back out of them is a real treat. <laughs> wow. Are you freaked out yet? I know I am. A little bit. <laughs> the owner of Primal Hardware is a man I insisted I who insisted I refer to him only as Lone Wolf. I think this is not his only kink if he wants to be his <laughs> he company is called Primal Hardware like a werewolf and his name is Lone Wolf. A Native American of indeterminate age, he apparently was a builder, a fast food dude, a fashion model, a church organist. Well, he's a different kind of organist now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> a butcher and a veterinary a veterinary student at the University of New Hampshire before deciding wow. I want to make enormous egg-laying alien dicks. Good old UNH down the street. How about that? You know, that? New Hampshire's a great place to get inspiration for building sex toys, especially the freaky kind. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So here's I mean, a- and I'm kind of comforted that actually... It- this person's in what was it uh, veterinary school he went to veterinary school but he had a bunch of different other other okay. um, careers did you hear the list well, yeah, yeah 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 but i mean at least there's something there that's like okay it's going to be anatomically correct right? right or that there's not something dangerous getting inserted into the body per se well, i don't know about that i think i'm a little bit skeptical of how safe oh, this is okay i mean gelatin yes yeah, sure whatever it's probably it probably falls apart right it's not like a big hard thing but really we should mention a safety note like if you're going to put things in your butt you really should not put anything in your butt unless it has a flared base and the reason for that is because things can get stuck in there and Mm. you can't get them out and then you have to make a for some people very embarrassing trip to the emergency room and say hey, there's something stuck in my butt that's not poop. (laughs) Well, sir, how did it get there? What were you doing? Uh, well, mm -mm. and then you're on the reality show Sex Sent Me to the ER, which we reviewed on Sex and Science Hour. (laughs) Um, I saw a video today of a girl. I don't even know if I should talk about this. It was kind of traumatic. But I saw this girl. I saw this video of a girl. All right. Extreme content warning. Extreme content warning. If if you weren't already turned off by the ovipositor, if you didn't change the channel already. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I saw this video of a girl who put like, I guess, a small. it, It looked like maybe a baseball size, but it was a ball. It was a heavy 
bowling oh. ball like object, and then she pooped it out oh. and went bowling. Oh, and it was it knocked down the bowling pins, and oh. she she didn't get a strike or a spare, but that wasn't the thing I was focused on in the video. <laughs> I said, "Why is she putting something in her ass when it doesn't have a flared base?" Well, Do not uh, try this at home. Why uh, people are going to see this and get the wrong idea? If the video was even real, which it, it probably was, people can do weird party tricks like that. But this is true. But seriously, don't try that at home. You don't want things to get stuck in your bum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is so this is like some kind of like gelatin. Like, why yeah. are you feeling it's not safe? I think everybody kind of gets the idea. You can put it in your ass. Well, you can put it in your veg. I'll tell you, you know? why because gelatin is something that okay it gelatin is a protein right and when you dissolve it in boiling water and then you cool down the temperature it turns into a gel which is sort of like a solid but you know little less a little more squishy uh-huh. and uh and watery and that is a food product that could feed bacteria so if you're putting these in your just just like you know when they say oh you can you can eat a woman's pussy and put like whipped cream and strawberries in it and stuff like that. No, don't do that. Don't put sugary, sugary food things inside your vagina because A, you can't taste them. B, the bacteria will eat them. And C, tomorrow it's not going to be that pretty, <laughs> especially if you don't get all of it out. So don't put food things inside your orifices because they feed bacteria. So that's what I'm concerned about with the jello. Not only that, but if if it's... If the egg is like a like a really solid gelatin kind of egg mm-hmm. that's not very flexible, it could potentially get stuck. And then what are you going to do about that? Does it melt at your body temperature and leak out? I mean, maybe that would be the safest thing. Well, but... get stuck. Like it could could it get stuck in your pussy? I mean, or, or no? Yeah, anything can get stuck in your pussy. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I, people will be, you know sometimes women get tampons stuck in. They just can't. They lose yeah, the string. Fair. They can't get it out. You know, so, there's always the risk of things getting stuck where they shouldn't be stuck. Sure. So there, there's potential health risks. Yeah. Okay. And not judging. Not. I'm not saying you shouldn't put things in your orifices. Just be aware of the health risks and try to mitigate them. Right. So now, <laughs> and other than that, it's all in good fun when you're laying <laughs> alien eggs in yourself. Right. Well, now that's what I'm curious about. I mean, I have something to say on it, but I mean, I'm curious. You know, I mean, what do you think about this? Like, what, like, what are your, what's, what's your, what's your take on it? Um, I mean, is this something you're going to do at any given point? No, um, (laughs) no, like it doesn't really turn me on to have eggs. It's kind of, I find of, I kind of find it horrifying actually. Like it reminds me of like those scary ghost stories about like the spider bites a girl's face while she's sleeping. And and then then the the next day. You read that one too. Yes. It fucking scared the (laughs) shit out of me. I could not get over how creepy that was. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that. I'm like, what is going to hatch out of these eggs? I don't really get off on the whole like maternal thing either. Like sitting on an egg or laying an egg. Like "Mm, not really for me. Um, What about you, Brian? You seem to be a little bit, at least a little bit titillated by this. You know, as a uh, well, you know, I'm not a dilettante when it comes to science fiction. I am a connoisseur. Okay. I am a full on connoisseur. <laughs> like I am all yes, you the are. way. Okay, A. E. Van Vogt, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, like I, I just I can remember so many stories, so much, even a lot of you know, quote unquote, fan fiction or whatever. I mean, where like this was kind of a thing where some alien. You know, and maybe it comes from actually the movie Alien, you know, with with Ripley and all that, uh, which, you know, talk about a, you know, real hero in there. Um, but, 
you know, the, I, I don't know. There's something to it. Like, I like I think there's something that I learned like early on was kind of like, you know, a, a a naughty thing to do in science fiction that would get done. Uh, in fact, a lot of times when they wouldn't describe actual sex because they couldn't get away with it for whatever stupid reasons from a publisher or, you know, movie house, whatever, um, you know, you would go with that, that the aliens would kind of drop something, you know, in or whatever. And uh, yeah, I, I'll admit like it, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend anybody do this, but like, there's a part of it that I find kind of sexy and I could understand why some people would also would have like perhaps been groomed similarly you know, to me and would, would find it kind of hot and they might even want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm just saying I can understand why you dirty freak. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's such a little freak. No, I'm, (laughs) I'm totally kidding. I mean, I can see how like impregnation is sexy. I find that very sexy. Like I I actually find it sexy to like dirty talk about impregnating, you know, now this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, like there is, like as much as I don't want to give you a stomach parasite, and I can't, okay, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> because you have I have a vasectomy. vasectomy. <laughs> All right, um, and and you know, and I don't want the responsibility or anything. Admittedly, there is something, yeah, kind of hot there. I mean, well, if, of course, it's like a natural human thing to well, find it's one aspect to of connect sexuality. like sex and reproduction. Yeah, and yeah. it's like it's it's sexy too to think that like your seed is like so powerful and potent that it's going to knock up any woman that gets within a few feet of it. And well, you're, I, it's just like the power to create life, you know, that kind of thing. I, I don't. Yeah. I think some guys might, might get off. On I think that a part. lot of guys get off yeah, on that. that and I don't, not, there's no problem with that. Sure. I mean, it's just that. Yeah. As long like, as it stays a fantasy. Right. As long as it stays a fantasy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, my, my or you know, if you want to have kids. Right. My my aspect on it is a little bit different. But but yeah, that is interesting how even people that have no interest in having children whatsoever. I mean, you, you know, that they can that, that can certainly be a very fun fantasy. Uh, and right. And I, I think this could kind of play on that, you know, like it, it's, the it's thing sort that, of a. Yeah. The ahead. thing that hangs me up, I think maybe I'm a little bit too. um I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around the the form and function of the ovipositor because it's like a cross between a penis and a vagina. Well, that's yeah. See, now that's the interesting thing, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, the ovipositor, like it pretty much comes with the dildo that puts this egg in you. Right. Right. So which is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's neither. <laughs> right. I mean, so so you get, to, I mean, but really. You're... I've never watched enough tentacle porn and like weird sci-fi to get, to expand my mind in the area of, of sex organs. I'm pretty conventional, I guess, in that and what I'm turned on by. And that's great. But, uh, you know, that you, you took the words right out of my mouth, not the opositor, which is that, you know, you get to kind of live tentacle porn, you know, in a very real sense. Oh, yes. And, and I will tell you, I have known a few women in my day that that would go nuts over this like that they would be like oh yeah you know we're we're going to play with this i mean so you know i so I, i'm just saying i don't think it's that crazy like i i know no, it's no i, I don't know it's i'm not nuts, saying it's crazy i, I can see it yeah, yeah 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 i see it i definitely see it yeah i think so, there's a lot of impulses at play well if you're an ovipositor fetishist you can write in and tell us because we do have a contact form on our website our website is sexandsciencehour.com feel free to send us your relationship questions of any nature <laughs> it doesn't have to be about sex toys or about weird alien 
dildos that lay gelatin eggs inside of you. Uh, re- really, it can be about anything, and you can make it anonymous because you don't have to put your email or your real email in. It's uh, just our contact form at sexandsciencehour.com. Or you, if you don't really care about being anonymous, you can uh, always email us at show at sexandsciencehour.com. And we you know, generally don't read the names anyway. We generally keep people's emails anonymous unless they explicitly say like, hey, this is so-and-so and I'm a celebritarian and I want to promote my whatever. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Did I just say celebritarian? I th- Ooh, that's a bad word. A I shouldn't say word. that on the show. <laughs> all right. We're not going to censor it. You know. Yeah. We're like WikiLeaks. We're just letting it all leak letting out. Letting it all out. So, <laughs> so here, this is kind of entertaining. The, the, the interview with the guy who made these ovipositor things, who has at least some connection to New Hampshire, where we're from. <laughs> they asked him, how did you get involved in all this stuff? And he said, well, I tried everything else. <laughs> I, everything except making alien dildos, I guess. I tried everything else. I had owned a restaurant and managed many other businesses. And I had many successes. However, <laughs> in all of my jobs, I would work my way up to the top only to find a wall waiting for me there. I'm ambitious, and although I don't consider myself greedy, I always wanted to push myself for more independence and freedom to do the things I wanted to do. Spoken like a true New Hampshireite. I tell you. So then Vice says, and freedom is helping people insert eggs into themselves for sexual gratification? (laughs) (laughs) He says, let's face it. He gets asked this question a lot. Yeah. He says, let's face it. There are three things that will always sell. Food, death, and sex. I tried food and decided after managing three restaurants and owning one that it was the same thing day in and day out. And it didn't look like it was going to change very much. Death didn't interest me. I wanted something more fun, something that breaks the monotony of people's days and makes them spit out their coffee when you tell them what they do, when you tell them what you do. (laughs) I think you've managed that, says Vice. (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that only two of those will always sell. I I think... I think we can get past the death thing, but anyway. Yeah, I would like to, yeah, make remove death from that list of inevitabilities, death yeah. and taxes. How about neither of those? That's right. Uh, so they say, I think you've managed that. He says, I wanted to push the boundaries of people's comfort levels, make them question their own erections and wet panties. <laughs> I question my wet panties all the time, let me tell you. Yeah. And let them know their like fantasies do not have to go unrealized. Now, that's an interesting point, because... I think there are lots of people with fantasies that aren't easily like, you know, they fantasize about aliens, monsters, centaurs, ethereal, like things that don't exist in the real world. But that really turns their crank. And so how do they get their jollies off when those things don't exist in the real world? Well, the only real way is like with toys like these, right? Well, how wonderful is it to like really be, I mean, to, to live in such a prosperous world? That you can actually make and enact this okay, kind Jeffrey of stuff. Okay, Jeffrey Tucker. Well, no, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> isn't it great that we have Burger King too? What? No, <laughs> that's a whole other whole other subject. This is a nice little local business. I like it. <laughs> but, but local just, to Alpha Centauri. <laughs> yeah, but I really I think it's amazing. Like I could picture so many people wanting to role play with this shit. You know, now, and, yeah, let me ask you this. Do you have any fantasies, Brian, that are that involve things that don't exist in the real world? Oh, fuck yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, tons of Tell it. me. It starts Tell me about with, that. And it starts with green women. Oh, green. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I have my Orion slave girl patch. Uh, uh, like, it's a literal patch. That mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've seen it. I've yet to find a jacket that's worthy of it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and I wear it in jest, of course. But, oh, I, I, I mean, I have tons of these. Uh, I, I wouldn't even know where to start, you know, uh, as, as, as far as a, a lot of these, uh, you know, kind of fantasies go. So. Okay. Well, cool. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any. I really don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm not as much of a freak as I nah, you've claim got to be. You've got them. <laughs> I just don't know it yet, right, Brian? No, you you're know gonna, some of them. You're going to bring it out of me. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked to... Well, <laughs> anyway. Well, on your show, I will say you have a Patreon page for yes. your show Sovereign Tech, and we've been reviewing um, Fencer of Minerva, which is a hentai series. Yeah. So we, we, you've been, uh, you know, introducing me to the world of hentai, and I have to say, yeah, some of those things are pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Damn right. Hot stuff. <laughs> All right. So I think our freak has successfully been gotten our on. Season three here. is off to a great it's start. It's off to an awesome start. Alien eggs, baby. <laughs> and next, we're going to be back with a frosty treat. Hey everybody, this is Stephanie, and you all know I'm Brian's biggest fan, and he might be mine, I don't know, Um, (laughs) but we're big fans of each other. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out and let you all know about his podcast. It's called Sovereign Tech, and it's a podcast about technology. So if you like his commentary on technology and whatever else on this show, you're definitely going to like Sovereign Tech. Actually, I think if you like this show, you will absolutely like Sovereign Tech, whether or not you like technology. He's also got some subscriber-only content, so it's like a secret club where you get extra stuff spicy, juicy things that some of them are even so unspeakable that I would barely put them on Sex and Science Hour. (laughs) That's how hot things can get on Sovereign Tech. So you want to check it out at sovrynntech.com. Sovereign Tech, Brian's podcast. Now back to our podcast, Sex and Science Hour. Hey, are you wondering what that frosty treat might be? Well, sit down, (laughs) sit back in your chair, relax, and crack open a lukewarm 5,000-year-old beer. Doesn't that sound good? Mm, No, yeah. No, it actually doesn't. Fortunately, I never drink, so I'm an absolute teetotaler. Yeah, I don't even like, you know... five-week-old beer, let alone a 5,000-year-old beer. But apparently, archaeologists have discovered a recipe for a 5,000-year-old beer that comes from China. Well, you know, I'll say this much. Like, if somebody actually, if if I had the opportunity to try it, and it was like, you know, kind of a little more guaranteed authentic, mm-hmm. I might actually be willing to just try a sip of that. Yeah. I mean, it would be really interesting, because you, you might Cause feel you- this connection to, like, your real ancestors like well, that go way back thousands sure, of years right because i mean the chinese and the and the the janish or the <laughs> the, the janish the, yeah that's right or the jews have you know a tremendous history oh I, that's I mean, right you know, yeah like the, which is still evidenced on christmas we're very lazy at chinese restaurants yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but I, I think I would. I mean, you know, and I'll admit, like, I've been to these, you know, there are these, like, fancy beer tastings. I think this should be added to that that kind of menu. We haven't even got into what it's about, but I, I'm just Yeah, saying. it does actually have more ingredients than the t- than your typical, you know, hops, barley, blub, Saccharomyces, Cerevisiae, or whatever. Right. Brewer's yeast. Um, so you want to hear what's in it? Yeah, let's do this. I'm interested in this, too. So this is from Gizmodo. Archaeologists discovered a 5,000-year-old beer recipe in China by Ria Misra. 
Step aside with your claims to long legacies, craft breweries, you hipsters. <laughs> You're late to the party. This reconstructed beer recipe is over 5,000 years old. It's the earliest beer recipe and the earliest known use of barley in China. Archaeologists at Stanford University, while digging along China's Wei River, made an intriguing discovery. A marvelously complete set of brewing equipment. And at the bottom of that equipment was something even more wonderful, residue from the drink it once brewed. After scraping that gunk from the pots, researchers analyzed it and confirmed that it was indeed leftover froth from a 5,000-year-old beer. They were able to pin down the recipe of that beer to an unlikely but delicious-sounding combination of broomcorn millet, barley, Job's tears, which is an herb, and tubers. The, rec the recipe was just published in the journal PNAS, so you could follow it if you wanted to. It's in the old PNAS. It's in the old penis. That's right. All right. I love penis. Great scientific journal. Ah. It's gonna get, <laughs> that clip's going to get taken out of context. <laughs> what else is new? Yeah. Um, and so then they show a picture of a funnel that they actually found. So was the hmm. funnel used to make the beer or was it used to play beer pong? We never, we may <laughs> never know, uh, really. <laughs> but besides suggesting some delightfully unconventional paths for craft brewers to explore, what does this tell us about beer and its place in the world 5,000 years ago? Quite a bit, particularly about how important it must have been. This recipe sets the date of the crop's arrival in China back at least a thousand years. That means that long before people were eating barley in China, they were brewing with it. People were growing it to brew beer and eventually ended up eating it too, not the other way around. In other words, brewing beer wasn't an agricultural sidestep that happened because people had so much of a crop that they were trying to come up with extra uses for it. Instead, beer was an important part of ancient diets, so much so that they were literally planting farms to accommodate it. That's very interesting. So the beer came first, not the barley. Yeah, so I have two takes on that. Mm -hmm. um, one is is that, yes, it is a great drink for a, for a slave class. Um, because like, you know, it kind mm. of fills you up, right? Um, fills you up and makes you happy. Yeah. Right. Makes you forget about the fact that you're a slave. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So the other thing. Did they have slaves in 5,000 years ago in China? Uh, I'm not 100% certain. Well, that. probably it was probably at least yeah. like feudal kind of shit. But in, in the same, you know, different part of the world, but same time frame, you had ancient Egypt, which also mm -hmm. was developing beer at this time. Yeah. Um, and they wine. Yeah, they Need. certainly, right, they certainly had a slave class. Mm -hmm. But now they used beer, or beer was a major part of their medical system um, for like mm. a toothache. Like, I mean, and you you know, they, they have... The, One of the only anesthetics they would have is, exactly. is alcoholic things, liquids. Right, and the papyri's out there, you, you know, the original autographs of the fact that, yes, this was absolutely recommended for all these different things. Um so, yeah, I kind of wonder if it, if in China, even if it were a staple of the diet or if it was a solution, perhaps to a terrible diet, uh, you know, just like it may have been with uh, with the Egyptians, even though the Egyptians were pretty smart on some stuff like they wouldn't eat beans because they knew it'd cause you to fart. And that's just. Rude. Yeah. Now, that was the <laughs> angle I was thinking about it from, because barley is a gluten grain mm -hmm. and we know that some humans don't tolerate gluten. And now back 5000 years ago, there may have been even more intolerance to it because agricultural um, the advent of agriculture was even more recent in terms of evolutionary history right. and people's genetics were adapted more for a hunter-gatherer type diet and so perhaps some of those nasty chemical warfare stuff in 
some grains like gluten um, was not very palatable to their guts. So what did they do? They set the microbes to work fermenting it. And that made it easier to digest. Yeah, okay. So that's probably why, I, I mean, I would wonder if maybe that was why they didn't eat the barley. They made it into beer. Uh-huh. Until later. Sure. When they discovered, oh, we can actually eat this stuff too. No, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, and, and that's amazing, you know, such an ancient recipe. And what what did you say was in it again? Did you get to the recipe? I did, yeah. It was, uh, so the recipe is, and we don't know in what quantities, but they published it in PNAS. So go look at the PNAS yeah. for this recipe. <laughs> but um, it has in it broom corn millet, which is another grain, yeah. barley, Job's tears, and tubers. So Job's tears, maybe, I don't know, does that replace the hops? There's There appears to be no hops in it. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, like, I don't know. If, actually, Stephanie, I'm not even sure if you've ever had a beer. I've had beer, but. Ugh, yeah, just, exactly. It tastes it's like not shit. very good. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, it's it's absolutely disgusting. Like I said, I've been to some of these beer tastings, you know, and and every single one of them tastes like crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? The only beer I've ever had that tasted any good was um, that Michelob Ultra. Which the, is low the low carb beer. beer. Yeah. It's the, but that's probably because it doesn't taste like beer. You know, that that's why it actually tasted okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, I, that was when I was in the military. I don't drink now. So, but, uh, oh man. Well, I, I, but that, like I said, I'd probably give that a shot because I, I think that's just to <laughs> taste the history. That'd be interesting. Yeah. They, they say beer is an acquired taste and I definitely never acquired the taste. Yeah. I remember one of my first drinking experiences in college where I was sitting, hanging out with some friends and, a, a girl that I knew was drinking a beer and she goes, mmm, it tastes like drinking a piece of bread. And I, at that time, I had just gone on the Atkins diet <laughs> and I was like, oh, carbs are the worst. Yeah. Beer, you know, carbs are the devil. Bread is the worst thing. And I heard her say that and I was like, revolted. I was like, okay, I'm never drinking beer again. Even the low carb beer, not for me, no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that kind of ruined me on beer. But even before that, I didn't like the taste of it. But lots of people love it. So 5,000 years ago, they seem to as well. <laughs> so the, it, it's interesting because millet is a grain, barley is a grain, Job's Tears is apparently also kind of a grain. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a, I don't know, sort of related to barley and tubers. So like maybe potatoes or like root starchy vegetables. So they're using like four different sources of carbohydrate. To wow. make the mash, probably, then, then that makes, is made into the beer, yeah. I would venture, I'm, I'm just going to toss it out there, I bet this was made for a for the slave class mm-hmm. in, in China. And 5,000 years ago, there's some structures in China that have some serious age on them that are way before the imperial age. And You think they were built by slaves? They had, mm, like, the yeah. size... There, I mean, if depending on your interpretation of what these various structures or you know geological structures are, if they're man-made or not, uh, but if they're man-made, well, I think you just found what was feeding all those slaves. Mm. But that's just a guess. Well, people were making fermented um, foods like for as long as there's sure. archaeological evidence, right? They fermented everything. Sure, absolutely. seems like I would like to see what um, like when was kombucha invented i guess after tea but when was tea invented (laughs) yeah i don't know discovered i Uh, guess or well there's some things like you have to wonder because in some like you know hindu uh texts which you know would would, all that's the wellspring of india right Mm -hmm. a lot of that you know kind of makes the claim that that this stuff was was invented before there was even a history 
So yeah, like, I believe that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not that hard to figure out. You kind of leave some carby food out, and then it gets fermented by naturally occurring mold and bacteria, and it turns into alcohol. And then you're like, "Ooh, this makes me feel drunk and happy." Yeah, <laughs> <It's> magic. <laughs> Let's do that again and right. see what happens. So usually, you can't find like an exact origin story. Uh, you know within like a historical timeline that we could relate to right uh because they'll say oh no it's just always been you know uh so anyway yeah it's really interesting that people were fermenting stuff before they really knew what microbes were you know what i mean yeah like you can start to see microbes when was soy sauce invented when did yeah. they start brewing soy sauce? Yeah. I mean, people have been fermenting stuff forever. And it it is really interesting because I think maybe they probably knew that like when you ferment something, it actually does make it easier to digest. Mm -hmm. Because all, a lot of the things that are fermented are things that the start the raw starting material is difficult to digest. It's like beans or grains or things that are considered by us now to be hard or tough on your gut. Because we know that they contain like anti-nutrients and things sure. that are that um, irritate the lining of the gut and that may be, you know, difficult, like cause digestion problems. Well, and I, I think it actually it raises a very interesting, more abstract point in that, look, you know, our ancient ancestors weren't stupid. Like, no, these, they were not. They knew a lot about chemistry, science, medicine. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. these are honestly, they're huge leaps in logic to figure this stuff out. I mean, yes, they saw it somehow and, you know, and, and they, they did. I mean, they went through the scientific method before there was a scientific method. I mean, that's the only way you get to this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, I mean, you go through a process of elimination, right? You go through all that. I mean, unfortunately, probably some people got eliminated, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, but I mean, but this is the thing is that like, you know, thinking of how do you ferment foods, you know, I mean, like that is just, that's just a huge leap in, in, in thinking. Uh, and so, to well, like the, the, um, the discovery of penicillin, right? It was like, oh, some mold contaminated a Petri dish. Right. And it started growing. And then they noticed that there was no bacteria growing around that mold because mm -hmm. the mold was producing an antibiotic, which was penicillin. Yes. That's how penicillin got discovered. Every fermented food was probably like that. It's like, oh, shit, I didn't eat it fast enough. Now it got moldy. But, ooh, it tastes good. Right. It tastes different. And it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't give me a bellyache like it did before when it wasn't fermented. Sure. It's just, you know, the powers of observation. And it's really, it's amazing what you can think of when you're not looking at, a, you know, a 5.5-inch black square at all times. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so now speaking of getting out and doing stuff we're going to talk about coming up next we're going to talk about the top 10 ways according to life hacker to get out of the house and make some friends because people are always asking us sex and science hour brian and stephanie how do i meet people i really want to find a girlfriend how do i find a girlfriend and we're always like, well, get out, do some stuff, do the things you like to do. And they're like, but how do I do that? <laughs> so we're going to tell you how coming up here on Sex and Science Hour. All right, let's do this. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty good. And meantime, don't forget, if you're listening to the show and you have a burning relationship question, maybe that's not the only thing that's burning. <laughs> you can send it in to us, show at sexandsciencehour.com, or use our contact form on our website. Hey everybody, it's Stephanie here, and I just wanted to remind you that if you like my voice, you like the sound of my voice on Sex and Science Hour, you might really like hearing audiobooks that are narrated by moi. 
You can look on audible.com, just search my name, Stephanie Murphy, and you can find a whole bunch of audiobooks that I've narrated. Might I suggest The Book of Satoshi by Phil Champagne? It's a book all about Bitcoin and its origins. Or you might also enjoy, if you like transhumanism and sci-fi, Ending Aging by Aubrey de Grey and Michael Ray. It's a book about how to end aging in our lifetime. And who doesn't want to live forever? Come on. (laughs) You can get them all at audible.com. Search my name, Stephanie Murphy. Or if you want to download them and listen to them for free, I do have a limited number of coupon codes available that I can send you if you email me through sexandsciencehour.com. You can use our contact form on our website, uh, sexandsciencehour.com, or email us, show at sexandsciencehour.com for free audiobooks, or just, you know, buy them if you don't feel like waiting for me to respond to you. All right. Thanks so much. Back to the show. This is Sex and Science Hour. Okay. The top 10 ways to get out of the house and make new friends. We're kind of getting out of the house and making new friends because we're back on season three. You know, we yeah. were in our hidey hole for a little while, right? Yeah, no, we're, we're getting out there a little bit. You remember when George Bush said, smoke them out of their hidey hole, the terror? He was talking <laughs> about the terrorists. <laughs> Sorry to bring it. Did I just bring up a bad memory? Well, the guy was my boss. <laughs> I know. I know. You were in the military at that time. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, no, it's not even funny. It's no, just like it's so pathetic. Sad. But it's funny. you can find a little humor in these horrible tragedies, yep. you know. And and um, Heidi Hole is one of those things Heidi that I hole. find humor in. Heidi Hole! You, you got to smoke them out of their Heidi Hole. <laughs> so, from Lifehacker, the top 10 yeah. ways to get out of the house and make new friends. And uh, who wrote this? Let's see, a Pokemon Go fan, because there's Pokemons all over this article. Oh, it's fuck. it's almost like you have to go through, like the article is a playing field for Pokemon Go, because you oh, can boy. collect them all through it. Alan Henry is the author. So Alan's going to tell us how we can make some friends. He says, you can probably predict one of the items on this list. Well, yeah, I just, I just did, <laughs> the Pokemon. Um, <laughs> but this week, we're looking at apps, games, and other tools that can shake up your routine, get you out of the house, and help you explore your community or beyond. All right, all right hold on, hold on. Yeah, there's an app. <laughs> You're talking about apps? Yeah, I already yeah. have a problem, like right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. If this is going to be a top 10 list of apps, I'm just going to call bullshit on it It's all. not all right. apps. There's some other stuff on there, too. <laughs> and some of them are things that are like, well, it's, it's an app, but it's, it's meant to get you off of your screen. So right. you can give it a pass. All right, like all right. Meetup, that's number 10. So okay. me- Meetup is like, basically you go on meetup.com, you can create um, meetups for topics that you're interested in, or you can join groups that already exist in your area, and they are meant to facilitate real-world meetups for people who don't already know each other. And then they go and meet at a public place, and then they, you know, maybe meet every month and maybe make some friends and um, have discussions, play sports, or whatever Whatever the meetup is. There's lots of them. There's probably some in your city. Even if you live in a remote area like we do, there's tons of meetup groups around here. And I've gone on there and um, and joined a few. I, I considered starting a Bitcoin meetup around here in 2013, but... I didn't really have the time or energy at that time to do it. Um, and now it's like, meh, I, yeah. I don't pass the point where I want to, wanted to do that. But I joined um, at the time that when I was thinking about that, I joined a bunch of other meetup groups. So sometimes I get notifications about like entrepreneurs group in your area or like atheist meetup or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I just revealed, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I should say like secular humanist. No, that sounds worse. <laughs> Cause then it sounds like you're like a progressive kind of mm. like Hillary Clinton person or yeah. whatever. 
Well, I think I'm just digging up. myself deeper. But anyway, I got joined a bunch of groups and now I get um, notifications for them. Haven't gone to any, but that's maybe that's because I don't really want to make any new friends. I have too many friends I can't keep up with as it is. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I, this is the one that I think is actually all right. Like, I mean, Meetup's been around for a good while. Obviously, it's a very proven model. This isn't some, yes. you know, flavor of the month coming out of Silicon Valley. Uh, and I mean, it's it's a little bit of a complex. Like, I feel like setting it up and everything can be a real pain in the ass because I used to use it in New yeah, York. Yeah. And it's also there's and, a fee to do that. Yeah. Wait, you had a Meetup? What did you run? What meetup did you run in no, New York? Well, I like I thought of I I tried setting some up like I was doing like a Ron Paul thing at the time. Oh my god, it, that's it so was, cute. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. I say, but, I say cute because it's like I remember those Ron Paul meetups. Yeah, those days. Some of them got really popular. Oh sure. So, uh, you know, it works. I I agree. This is this is definitely a viable the number ten here. I think is very viable. I don't know about the rest of the list though. Okay. Well, you're giving this article a chance. There you go. Yeah. Um, number nine, exercise classes. See, that's not an app. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> exercise classes like spinning classes, martial arts classes, yoga groups, or any other group fitness activity have their pros and cons when it comes to your fitness goals. But the one thing they're universally great about is introducing you to new people. After all, those people will see you sweating, see you struggling, and hopefully support you. And you'll support them in the quest to get fit and stay healthy. Um, and that is totally true. Yeah. Um, I've made lots of friends at gyms over the years and in exercise classes. There's not much of a better way to get to know someone on an intimate level than when you're like rolling around wrestling with them in like jujitsu class or something. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yoga class is like, Maybe a little different because you don't want to intrude on someone's personal space, but get to the class five minutes early, start, you know, chit chat with somebody. Maybe you'll chit chat again after the class is over, after you finished your shavasana and meditation. And then you'll um, maybe have a little bit of a, a basis to see if you have more in common and start a friendship. Sure. I mean, I think a great thing to do when working out, I mean, I don't know if like yoga classes have some kind of rules over what, what sort of clothing you can wear, um, but I, like wearing a T-shirt and even this is kind of falling away as being viable, mm -hmm. but wearing a T-shirt that like that kinda, shows something about yourself. Yes. Yeah, that's you know, right. That's uh, a good is, one. Is a great thing to do. Uh, I mean, the sad part is, is like today, you know, if you wear a Star Wars shirt, fucking everybody wears those and they don't know shit about Star Wars and, and it annoys <laughs> me to no end. Uh, but you've had these these like dude bros, for lack of a better word, like talk to you about your your shirts that you wear oh it happens all the time all grocery the time. store wherever I, I can vouch for it it's really funny i get called starfleet uh, like yeah like literally because by have people a i would that... never guess had an interest in star wars or star trek right so i mean so that's a huge thing to to just quickly like it, it can be an icebreaker a, a very subtle yep. icebreaker absolutely uh, and we'll give somebody perhaps the confidence to say oh hey yeah i'm a big fan of this too even just, just a t-shirt that you get a lot of compliments on yeah you know, like something that's unique and different that you don't see every day yeah. it'll be a catalyst for people to start a conversation with you oh hey where'd you get that shirt i like your shirt yeah but just do me a favor actually be a fucking fan fan of it whatever it is like 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 know something <laughs> because otherwise otherwise you know it could end up working against you there you go yeah no that's definitely true i mean you want to just you want to show a part of yourself which is yeah. being authentic so don't show a part of a part of you that's not really a part of you right <laughs> yeah don't fake it don't you wear it, it something that's sim simply you think would be a conversation starter but you don't actually know about the thing or it's right. not relevant to you you're the idea is to show off a part of your personality so okay number eight which is also not an app 
hey, this is doing pretty good so far, is local sports leagues. I really like this one, too. Oh, yeah. In the same vein as exercise classes, if you want a group where, largely at least, everyone gets together to practice, tries to improve, and then goes out to show off their stuff in a usually chill and fun atmosphere, look into a local sports team or league playing something you enjoy. Maybe that's a local software... (laughs) Software? <laughs> maybe that's a local softball or soccer league, or maybe it's something much more laid back, like a neighborhood bocce group or even a chess club. After all, not every sport needs to involve you getting a workout. Some of them will get you out of the house and meeting people anywhere, anytime. And yeah, I like that idea. Chess club, sports for your brain. Now I've been trying I've been trying to find a local volleyball league where Mm. I live and I found one a few years ago but I had missed the period where it was like like I I was halfway through the season I'm like oh shit I can't join it now so then I looked for it this year and they apparently weren't doing it anymore which sucks because I want to play volleyball I like volleyball yeah, no, I I think this is a great one too. I mean, and I'm not even a big sports guy of any kind. Me neither. Like, this is that this is the only team sport I would really consider playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I liked baseball, you know, some years ago, but yeah, it's yeah. I I like that. That's a good suggestion. All right, number 7, which is also not an app, cooking, tasting or evening classes. That's a good one. Exercise classes will get you out, they say, by and meeting new people in a team-oriented or fitness-centric environment. But cooking classes, hey, if you don't like to cook, if you don't like to work out, you probably like to eat, right? You fatty, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but cooking ca- classes, wine or liquor tastings, and other evening classes give you the freedom to do something similar without the whole, you know, physical activity part. <laughs> And and that's true. Not everybody likes to work out. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is like a foodie either. So go with what you like. Yeah, I don't know about the wine tastings. I feel like, I mean, it, I guess if you're just going to meet people in general, mm-hmm. like it's a fine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if like if you're if it's for like dating, say, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the only people that go to wine tastings are couples. And like, mm, yeah, you know, couples I, like, that are already yeah, well, married, well yeah. entrenched, as right. they say. <laughs> well, they say also art classes. Yep. I love, like, the idea of pottery classes. That's something I would do. Oh, man, just reenact oh. that scene from Ghost yeah. anymore. Oh, shit. It's so much fun to, <laughs> to play with clay, you know. I've I've made some cool pottery in my day. I used to take art, uh, pottery, pottery classes when I was younger. Um, All right, yeah, I'll be got... Patrick Swayze. Okay. Let's do this. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All we need is the... What is it the um, the spinny thing with you the, with the foot yeah, pedal? Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. That's oh my right. god, that's all right. We it's don't terrible. need terrible. <laughs> I was gonna say the kiln, but we don't need a kiln. That's you know, yeah, make no, it hot enough. That would right? get weird. Um, and then they say like check Groupon for like tickets and discounts and also ideas of what to do. Sure. Or like a local community college is another good place to take classes. Yeah. Number six, I'm really not a fan of this suggestion, but they say. Get involved in local politics. No. 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 No, no, no. Well, I I have to say, like, if you're the political type, if you're interested in politics, which I am not, I have no desire to involve it in my life at all, you are not going, you're probably not going to change anything. You're definitely not going to change anything meaningful (laughs) in your country, state, whatever, even probably locality. But I will say... It is people do meet each other for dating that way because then they know they have compatible political beliefs or values. 
Yeah, you know, I don't I don't want to go into too much depth with this, but actually now that I think about it, um I oh, I went and spoke at a city council meeting uh-huh. in upstate New York. And then you got some chicks after that. And oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like I had What did you speak the, about? The gal the next oh well I just There's th- too many regulations on small no, they businesses. They were talking about it was background checks for oh, but, oh. for this for this local like kind of a, a flea market thing uh-huh. I'll, I'll just describe it that way it has a name but i won't go into that okay um but i'll tell you the next morning i got facebook messages from this gal saying oh my god i masturbated to you <laughs> that was what you that was the hottest well, i guess thing. you got to do something at those boring city well, council I mean, meetings i gave them shit i mean and and, and people that you know know me know i can talk and and I mean, this was pre Brian's podcast. But yeah, yes, I believe that you had something to say, and you yeah, were passionate. You're going to say it. Oh yeah, I was. I mean, you know, go tell it on the mountain. And <laughs> and she wanted to ride Space Mountain. I mean, the next day. I mean, she really did. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'll just say, well, things took place. But yeah, so there was I, a launch. <laughs> <laughs> there. <laughs> Ooh, uh, so, uh, so yes, my, I stand corrected. This could be a great place because, <laughs> especially now, like if you're that like wild anarchist or libertarian, like you're gonna say shit these people have never heard before. Oh yeah, you know? and they'll and, be they'll be like, whoa, be like, who's oh my that? God, yeah, I mean, you are gonna stand out. Yeah. So I I, I totally changed my mind. Do this. <laughs> <laughs> And then you can bring them over to the dark side afterwards, and then they oh yeah, them yeah, the yeah, pol- yeah, pull them out of the political games. Um, now I have a question for you, Brian. Yeah, when you were when during your brief career as a preacher or a pastor, right? Didn't you d- give a sermon once I've or twice three or something? Sermons, yeah. Did you get pussy after that? Well, <laughs> did you get attention from women after not, that? Not right away, but yes, I got attention from women. I believe it. I there, totally there is, believe there that. There is this one guy. Yeah. Well, anyway. I, I, the stories I could tell. Well, we could give us one story. Tell us one of your stories. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is so good. You have to tell one of them. I don't right. think I've ever heard these. Yeah, so I, I kind of like I've always had in, in some form or other. I've always had kind of this good life speech or shtick that I give off, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're preaching in a Christian church. Obviously, the good life would be in reference to heaven or whatever. And so I gave this whole, you know, thing about it's like, oh, you know, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be wonderful. You know, and you just give this really passionate speech about what heaven must be like, even though nobody fucking knows. And, and the Bible. Of course, it's all bullshit. Right. You're making it up. Right. And when know. you read Isaiah 65, you go, wait, what the fuck is this saying? This doesn't even make sense. You know, when it <laughs> when it comes to talking about what actually like, you know, heaven would be like and all this. But anyway, I talked it up and, you know, so much of it's amazing because it really wasn't a fire and brimstone kind kind of kind of sermon at all but this one this 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 one young woman she she was very like she, she wanted she was inspired she, she got the inspired. divine inspiration oh, oh yeah the, the holy spirit She's... was filling her right? it was, <laughs> it was it, it, like we we sat in the front seat of, of of one of one of my parents' cars. It was actually a Pinto, long story. But anyway, and she like she wanted to tell me, well, this is what I think heaven's about, blah, 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 blah. And for and then you said, well, Ooh, baby, do you know that's what <laughs> Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Damn right. Yeah. There was some Amy Grant playing, I guarantee it. <laughs> but anyway, like so this is just about before I became an, an atheist you know, as, as a young man. And there was a time where I just stopped going to church not long after that. 
And for months, she would hang out with my younger brother, who was still going to church, all because she could, you know, could then come back to the house after the fact, you know, or to see you. Yeah. Or she would say to she would say to my younger brother, Steven, she'd be like, you know, hey, tell tell Brian, you know, ask him how he's doing and all this stuff, you know, I mean, and then eventually, like, it got to the point where I was like, well, I have no qualms about this. And she grew up, she grew up practically like a pastor's daughter. And as always, they're as wild as can be. Oh, yeah. And oh, man, was that. (laughs) nuts the only problem was it's not really a problem i don't mind if people have this sort of thing but she admittedly like she she had a little little above the lip kind of like um uh i don't know i I guess her she had a mustache not not it wasn't like serious (laughs) but there there was you know like oh no it could kind of it could kind of show peach fuzz yeah eventually like she started tanning quite a bit and then you wouldn't notice i'm not i'm not insulting her she was a wonderful you know young woman but Uh but i'm just saying that anyway it was yeah that that was a time Wow, I'm speechless. She showed you what heaven really feels like. On my couch. On your couch. In my bedroom. (laughs) On the Sabbath. It was amazing. (laughs) Can you do that on the Sabbath? I can. Oh my God. Sacrilege. (laughs) Blasphemy, I tell you. Oh, I I have a PhD in blasphemy. That's why they call me Dr. Brian. (laughs) No, they call you that because you bought your PhD for... you, you, You don't even have a PhD. You got a doctorate of divinity that you paid 30 bucks for online from the Universal Life Church. Well, God damn it. If there, I should have a PhD in treason and blasphemy while I'm at it. But then, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I actually think you do know enough about like religion and scriptures and stuff that you could write like a PhD thesis level document about it, and you could probably you could qualify with the best of them. I appreciate that, and actually, I, I would uh, you know not to be immodest, but I I would take on any of them in in my opinion. <laughs> right bring on, on. The, the 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 come at me, Bishop bro, of Canterbury or whatever. <laughs> Bishop of Canterbury. That's pretty ambitious. You sure you don't want to start with a lower level? No, you know? no, no. I want those eggs. Oh, wait, that's Cadbury. Oh. Shit. All right. So. No, that's the ovipositor. All right. We, we went nuts. All right. Okay. Four, get a pet. Every time someone brings up how difficult it is to meet people or make friends when you're older, maybe living on your own and working every day, one resounding solution is to get a dog. I wholeheartedly support this one. And none of these are apps so far. How great is that, Brian? You were like, did not have high hopes for this article, but I'm thinking it's pretty good. Having one means you'll inevitably take that dog for walks where you'll meet other dog owners, talk and have something to talk about and inevitably meet again. Even if you don't have a dog, you can still meet other pet owners. You just have to be a little bit more proactive. You may have to find other locals who own the same type of pet on Instagram or actually join one of those social networks for pets. It might sound a bit hokey, but you'll connect with others in your area, learn a lot about the best way to care for your particular companion animal, and when you all do get together and bring your pets, the photos will be incredible. I totally believe that. Yeah, I, I think that fits. I mean, I'm not one for pets, but I, I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say, like, maybe that's not the best reason to get a pet, because then, like, what, what do you do, like, when you finally find a girlfriend and you're like, oh, well, I don't need you anymore, dog. Yeah, Like, right, you can't right. just kick your dog to the curb afterwards. No, you gotta no. be in it to win it. You gotta be committed to your dog. Um, yeah, but, but not a bad suggestion. if you want a dog anyway... I think it's a great way. To, that's a great way to meet people. I I inevitably like, well, actually, this might backfire because now that I'm thinking about it, when I see somebody walking a adorable dog, 
I talk to the dog, but I don't usually even like make eye contact with that person. I just sort of go up to the dog. And I'm like, "Hey, doggy, how you doing, doggy? Oh, you're such a sweet doggy. Look at you. Look at that doggy. Foiled again. That's what I do. Yep, well, foiled I again. Don't, I don't have a dog in the race, so <laughs> that's right. I don't. Okay, so number three is your preferred dating app. So people, uh, you know, they love to put put hate on Tinder and OkCupid, Match.com, yep. Grindr, whatever. Um, whichever one you use, they say it's definitely a window to help you meet other people, get out of the house, and hopefully have fun. Dating in general comes with a whole array of pitfalls and issues, but as long as you don't take it too seriously, you use it as an opportunity to get out, make new friends, and possibly find someone you might be romantically compatible and interested in. But one thing's for sure. If you take it from a healthy, lighthearted perspective, you'll definitely get out and meet people. If there's anyone in your area that actually wants to meet you, because sometimes you go on those dating sites and people complain that other people don't really want to meet up. Like they're either looking for pen pals or they're flaky or they just whatever. They're they're not really. Yeah, they're just being they just want the attention, but they don't really want to actually meet anyone to date. Sure. Or they're cheating. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree at all with number three. Stick to meetup. All right. Like, well, that, that was, was the one thing. app and it failed in Brian's view. Yep. So, well, actually the second app. So the, the second one, number two, and there's one more after this, is volunteer. I like this one too. Volunteering, ideally at a cause you support and believe in, is another great way to get out of your house and break up your usual routine. You also have the opportunity to meet people who support the same cause that you do, whether you're helping prep food for a local charity kitchen or food pantry, or you're helping build houses for Habitat for Humanity, or maybe filling out sheets and giving out cookies and juice at a blood drive. Um, I will say, I've I've done this. Um, I like this, first of all, I like this much better than the political suggestion, mm-hmm. because it's it brings people together over a cause that's not political. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you'll have something in common. And it also just, even if you don't meet anyone, it will make you feel good. I get the warm fuzzies from volunteering. And sure. I, I volunteer at, at Free Aid, which is a organization that provides volunteer first aid at um, events, like festivals where there's kind of like remote and there's not really like doctors around and stuff like that. Right. Uh, We do volunteer first aid and sort of preventative stuff like bug spray and sunscreen and tick removers and stuff like that. Um, But before that, I volunteered with um, for like diabetes walks and I volunteered at blood drives when I was in college and I met some cool people and I learned a lot and I definitely had fun. That was like a big part of my life. Yeah. No, I, I think this is great. I've never really volunteered much, mm-hmm. uh, so I, you know, I can't really say. I think uh, you have volunteered a lot. You just don't realize it. Well, I because think I, you hosted a radio show for free <laughs> for oh, a couple of years. Okay, yeah. I mean, I do a lot of like unpaid work. Sure, I don't know. If yeah, that's, that's exactly so. What is volunteer work but unpaid work? Y- right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like you know, I've given blood. I've never like worked a blood drive or anything. Well, that counts as volunteering. Yeah, I mean, and certainly, uh, you know, I. It, It'd be very confusing signals. Sometimes the the lady taking, you know, testing the blood would get all excited, you know. But <laughs> what like typo negative? Like, <gasps> like no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, and she wanted your lizard eggs. <laughs> no. So the joke, no. the joke in no, there. No, well, no. the reason Brian's no, laughing, no. we have to explain no, this no, to people. No, no, no. I'm just laughing at the fact that you know, like they really get excited when people that are typo negative come in. Yeah, because it's the universal, it's donor, universal donor, right? right. Anyone can have that's, your blood. That's all I'm saying. We don't have to go any further than that. <laughs> well, I did just want to say there's this conspiracy theory, or maybe 
not just a theory, that people with negative Rh negative blood, which is the negative and the O negative, mm-hmm. are descended from aliens or the Queen of England or something like that. Or the Queen of England is descended from aliens and, and you're descended from her. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. And the last <laughs> one, multiplayer games like Pokemon Go on mobile. That is the last way to get out of your house and meet people. Now, this is going to be a controversial one. But they say, uh, finally, of course, mobile multiplayer games like Pokemon Go and its precursor, Ingress, which full disclosure says the author I play all the time, absolutely get you out of the house. After all, that's the whole point, to get you out of the house and exploring new real-world locations in order to play and interact with objects in the game. Uh, Actually, you know, there's people who are, like, depressed and, I don't know, just have, have mental issues where they say Pokemon Go was the only thing that got me out of the house today. Sure. Agoraphobia, you know, whatever, depression, you know, what I don't I, I can't think of the name of some of the conditions that they had, right. but they they were crediting Pokemon Go with getting them out when other things didn't work for them. Now, I don't know how I feel about it. I've actually never played Pokemon Go, but I hear people do meet each other while playing it. Even though it's like a game where you're kind of looking at your screen, it does get you outside. So I don't know, maybe that would work for you. But if not that, maybe there's something in that list that would work for you to help get you out of the house and meeting girlfriends, boyfriends, other friends, people that you might want to spend more time with. Either way, this has been a cool show. Brian, you have any any final thoughts on the Pokemon? Uh, I'll just say that like these these games, I'll just say it fast. These games like they they really do create subcultures and yeah. that's always a great way to meet people. Subcultures. Is to part of a subculture. Yes. Regardless of the game, it doesn't need to even have an app. It could just be an alternate reality game as they're called. All right. Uh, and great, I think that's exciting. Great words to end on. We do have a listener email we were going to get to, but I think we'll do it on the after show, which is coming right up. So stay tuned. Sex and Science Hour if you're leaving us now, sexandsciencehour.com and we'll be back at you next week. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour. Game over. Play again next week. So if you're leaving us now, bye, sayonara, see you later. But if you're staying for the after show, we'll see you in a few minutes. Because I feel like most people do stay for the after show. Don't you agree? I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Like Right. Like, like if you've already listened to 54 minutes, why not just do a couple more minutes? Right? Well, it's usually, sometimes it's 40 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's, sometimes it is. But yeah. I mean, they would at least like, I don't know. I feel like they would at least like cross over. You, you, sure. It's like, it's almost like... I don't know. Stay tuned for the commercial to see the finale of the show. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like I'll admit, I skip around on some podcasts where I don't listen to the whole <gasps> thing. Do you skip around on ours? No, 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 no. But like, like, say <laughs> you so, can tell me if you do. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Um, 
But like, say it's a podcast. Okay, so like, I, I do too. I, by the way, yeah, <laughs> I was just totally yeah, kidding. No, well, just as an example, I listen to a lot of Microsoft uh, based podcasts, mm-hmm. and anytime they start talking about Xbox, I skip. I skip until they're back talking about Windows or Office or whatever. Like, why? Because you don't want to hear about Xbox? It, it just because it, it reminds you how you have no time to play video games it, anymore. No, well, no, it, <laughs> it's not that. It's just that, like, it really, like, it holds. If there's something huge going on with Xbox that I need to know about, and there's some interesting things happening with it, Project Scorpio and all that, that I'll be keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there, you know, the 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 minutia, the day to day, the games, I'm just other than like that Project Scorpio I mentioned, I'm never going to buy an Xbox. So why the fuck am I going to care about the games? Like I just don't. Uh, so yeah, so okay. I would skip ahead. So you just don't care, yeah? Right. So I could imagine, you know, come to think of it, I could imagine why some people would be like, well, I don't care what people bought on Amazon. You know, and and maybe they would stop. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess I could kind of see that. But we, but that's the reason why we intersperse it with so much interesting discussion. That's not necessarily about Amazon stuff. It's just about like our You're life, right. and it's like an extension of the show. You're right, and that's the difference. Is because like some of these these things that people buy really can bring up some very interesting. Oh my stories. gosh, they do, and you never know what it is. It's right. like it's like we're. It's like we've got this little ovipositor and we're just depositing Easter <laughs> eggs throughout the after show. I'm going to end up buying you one. Oh, my God. Well, you keep if talking you do, about I'll, it. If you do, I'll try it. Woo! I'll try it. Sure. Oh, oh, oh. see, this is why you got to listen to the after show. <laughs> oh, hell. All right. Oh, I have a good Primal, reason, too. Primalware.com. <laughs> Primalware.com. Um, <laughs> I have a good reason, too, because I have a product review that I want to do. Oh, they have it in black. I tried... Some natural sea sponge tampons. Now, if you want to hear about this, listen on, my friends, because I'm going to give you the review. I think we need to do that email next week. Okay, we'll save it for next week. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, listener. Sorry about the tease. Maybe we could do it at the very end of the after show Uh, to keep people tuned in. Okay, I think it's a full segment. All right, all right. All right. So anyway, sea sponge tampons. Now... If you've never heard of this, you're not alone. I told my friend about this and she goes, what? Oh my God, call me. I have all these questions. You have to tell me about this. (laughs) She had never heard of it. And I actually wasn't thinking of it either. I had heard of sea sponge tampons before, but um, I just never tried them out. I was sort of happy with my feminine products that I had been using. So I just had never, never really had a reason to until I was going on this trip and I was also shopping online for like a sea sponge to use in the shower, like as a, as a, you know, sponge, like an exfoliating kind yep. of thing, like to wash your body with. Wasn't thinking of it as a tampon at all, just as like a washer thing. So I was looking for one of those and the, the results showed sea sponge tampons. And I was like, oh yeah, I was kind of meaning to try those. And come to think of it, I'm going on a vacation and I could use these tampons because I'm going to have my period on this vacation and I'm going to want to go in the hot tub. Uh And that usually presents a problem. (laughs) So um, I heard that with these sea sponge tampons, you can do things like you can have sex with them in when you have your period. And Mm. it doesn't it it's basically like a sponge. So it's like a tampon, but it's not like a long pencil shape that prevents anything else from going in your vagina and dries it out as though it's like a cotton mouth kind of thing and can leak through. Um, It's like it's basically like, you know, a physical barrier, an absorbent thing. It's reusable. You know, you just rinse it out and then you let it dry and everything's fine. 
It doesn't cause toxic shock syndrome like tampons increase the risk for. Yeah. And it's totally natural. So it's not like leaching bleach and chemicals and all that. It's a hippie thing, you know. It's like it's like a natural alternative to shoving a piece of bleached cotton with all kinds of chemicals in your in the, one of the most absorbent areas of your body. Yeah. Uh, which kind of makes sense. So um, I decided I would give it a whirl. Now, they're probably not the best for like super heavy flow but the thing is if you're only going to wear it for like a half hour to go in to go swimming it's great because it's totally fine like it doesn't you don't leak through right you put it in your vagina and then you take it out when you're done and it washes all the blood washes out and everything's fine and i was very happy with them they stay in place they're totally comfortable you know like ladies you know you, you put a tampon in and you can feel it it feels just like uncomfortable you know well sea sponges are very soft and they feel very comfortable hmm. um i could envision i have not tried having sex with a man on those with one of them in but i would brian if you're willing i would like to try it next month you got it I'm <laughs> okay game. So we're going to give you the review on that too, but I was actually very Come pleased with these things. With the snorks. Oh, sorry. Go, go <laughs> what? <laughs> with the snorks? Yeah. What does snorks have to do? Well, I guess I guess I could figure that out because you kind of have to go like pussy snorkeling to get these things out. That's <laughs> the only con of these. I, these are all pros that I mentioned so far, and I tend to be an optimist, always looking on the bright side and positive and everything, yada yada. But. With these tampons, the only con is that they can be a little bit hard to fish out because mm. they don't have a string or anything like that. So you have to be just very careful not to push them in too far. And you have to be able to kind of reach in there with two fingers and kind of, or maybe one finger and kind of just coax it back out. And that's no problem. Just don't forget that it's in there. Like anything that you put in your vagina, just don't forget that it's in there. I've <laughs> like heard, alien ho- eggs. I've heard some horror. Yeah, like alien eggs. <laughs> Just remember before it hatches into something <laughs> that you can't can put back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there you go. There's our review. I actually bought these on Amazon. And if you would like to buy your lady friend or yourself, fellow vagina havers, some sea sponge tampons and period getters, because some people have vaginas that don't get periods. But if you have this problem, or if someone you know has this problem, Call or the this, team. not this problem, this natural biological function. If you, <laughs> if you have this natural biological function and you want something to make it a little easier, I definitely recommend sea sponge tampons. And you can find them on stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, which takes you to Amazon and it takes you through our Amazon affiliate link, which is what our after show is all about. Yeah. Normally, we don't always do product reviews. Sometimes we do, but mostly it's just what other people bought through our Amazon link. And then we use it to talk about fun stories that that brings up. Right. So... There you go. Now, I just talked about my period on the internet. Some women would be embarrassed about that, but I'm uh, sort of reclaiming the the body positive stuff. No more shame. No, I'm not ashamed of it. Totally natural. Damn right. Just like the sea sponges. All right. Anyway. So, what did people get while we were on our fall break? Yeah, on three weeks. Stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Well, there's a lot of stuff because we have been away for a couple of weeks. Starting out with the books section and... Uh, the first book, I saw the title and I was like, oh, hell yeah. It's called A Rule is to Break, A Child's Guide to Anarchy. That's fantastic. By John Seven and Jana Christie. I've never heard of them. But, no, me neither, but uh, great. Yeah. And, and it's got like a, a little kid on the cover in that in a 
in a suit, like a onesie suit with uh-huh. like a fox, like with ears and a tail. Like, um, <laughs> you know that book where the wild things are? Max yeah, has yeah, his yeah. little onesie. It looks like that. And um, it's it looks like an awesome book. Nice. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Or go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to, it's off topic from the book. Uh-huh. I was just going to, I wanted to get, send out a thank you. I know some oh, yeah. Sovereign Tech listeners have actually, or Sovereign Tech, I'm tired. I'm sorry. Some They Sex probably listen to hour. Sovereign Tech too, which yeah. is your podcast about yeah. technology right. and how it sets you free. Yes. Some Sex and Science Hour listeners have uh, done some interesting uh, gorilla use, we'll say, of the Sex and Science oh. Hour Amazon link. And I just want to say thank you. And I yes. know you're out there and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. we definitely appreciate that. Anyway. And we appreciate, um, we actually got, during the, the fall break, we got a beautiful, touching, amazing handwritten note from our listeners that wrote one to each of us. Oh, that was Along wonderful. with a gift. And that was just like... Oh my God, that is the reason I do this. You know, like that, that was made my day so much more meaningful of my month, my whole, yeah, my, my, my whole career. It made yeah. it more meaningful. Yeah. And the person said that they were inspired to like change their life in a way because uh, like, I don't know if I should reveal the details here, but I we talked, we talked to him in person. So we know like what he was what, yep. all about and we thanked him and stuff. But, um, we we inspired him to change something major about his life and he was really grateful to us and he gave us the note and the gift and we were super happy and it was like a circle of gratitude yeah just wonderful yeah just wonderful that was awesome so um yeah thank you to that person and thank you for any everybody who sent us little bitcoin tips we get a few of those from time to time on our sex and science hour bitcoin address which you can find on our website sexandsciencehour.com thank you for those those always make our day we get little paypal tips too sometimes which yeah. is really cool always nice thank you for that there's also on our website um and then shopping through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com is the other way you can support our show currently so um also in the books department, somebody got a book called Consider Phlebas, which looks like a sci-fi book. It's by Ian M. Banks. Oh, yeah, yeah. You baby. know Ian M. Banks, yeah. That's very, this, really famous. Ian Banks is the only guy, that, like he, not the only, because Ursula, Ursula K. Le Guin also mm. wrote about anarchy with mm-hmm. dispossessed, left-handed darkness, all that. Um, not not so much left-handed darkness, but it's all that same cycle. Um, but he, Ian Banks wrote the Culture series. Uh, which is this probably the the most popular, the best anarchist science fiction novel series out there. The fact that they've never been made into movies probably just it just goes to show just how powerful the books they are. I mean, and they're super powerful. Like everybody knows about these that are into science fiction. You know, it's not something like underground or whatever. Like it's a big deal. Uh, but yeah, what what a Scotsman there! Uh, it's an in- interesting. <laughs> what a Scotsman! Yeah. I love that. Every time you when next time you do something like really chivalrous or cool, I'm just gonna be like, "What a Scotsman!" <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say to you, Brian. Yeah, I'm certainly not Ian Banks, but uh, yeah, the Culture <laughs> series. I cannot recommend a book series enough. Somebody got House of Sons by Alistair Reynolds. That looks like another sci-fi yep, book. Yeah, it is. Do you know that book? Have yeah, you another great author. Do you know Alistair Reynolds? Yeah. Yeah. Another science book, Incandescence by Greg Egan. Oh, Greg Egan. Oh, right. yeah. 
Wow, Somebody has got really down. going down the sci-fi rabbit hole. Hell oh, yes. Good All taste. Right. And then somebody bought our friend Jake DeSillis' book. Jake has a podcast called The Voluntary Life, which you may have heard if you like this show. But he wrote a book also called Job Free, Four Ways to Quit the Rat Race and Achieve Financial Freedom on Your Terms. And the book is great. I actually edited the audiobook, which is an author-narrated one that mm-hmm. he did himself. Um, so if you want, you can listen to the audiobook or you can read the book. But I recommend checking it out because it's just a wonderful, basic but not patronizing yeah. guide to financial freedom. Like, okay, how do you go about achieving this? Which is something you never learn unless probably your your parents teach it to you, which even that is pretty unlikely because most people's parents are not financially free either. Right. <laughs> so, And they certainly don't teach it to you in school. So how else are you going to learn it except from Jake DeSillis? <laughs> so uh, somebody got something that I want. I want this product. This is a headphone stand hanger that goes under your desk. Oh, so you put handy. it under your desk, you can hang your headphones up on it. We that's need that handy. for the studio, I definitely think. And it was only eleven bucks. Like that's kind of a no brainer. I think I'm just gonna like I think we add need it. To order those. Yeah, I think yeah. I'll just add it to my cart like right now. Why not? Right? That right. would just organize things. Okay, click add to cart. All right. Done. <laughs> we, we can buy it. We got our sex and science hour um credit from Amazon today. Um, for so it can the go right people back who, into the studio. Yeah, so it can go right back into the studio. Exactly. We might buy some. I got. I get these protein bars called Boo Fit, and Boo is like some. I don't know. It's some like hipster. Like it's like a Sanskrit word for like. I don't know, spirit or like fitness or something like that uh-huh. or something like that, and it's spelled B H U, and the the protein bars say Boo Fit. And it's like, oh, the butt fruit. Yeah. And Brian calls him butt fruit because every time he sees it, he's like, butt fruit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you look at a word from far away and you think it says something else. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So I might get some butt fruit bars. But other than that, it's going to be all business. I'll tell (laughs) you. Let's see what else in the uh, in the shoes department. We have um, some shoelaces. And it says they come in 27 colors, uh, but this person got boring white. White? <laughs> I don't know if they got white, but it's they they got one of these colors and white is the first one. So I'm not sure if it's just showing me the default or they actually got white. But these are Birch's shoelaces in 27 colors, 5 16 inch, pretty standard, you know, four different lengths. So uh, it's always good to have some extra shoelaces. I like the round ones, you know, like with, with boots. Yeah, the round know. shoelaces. Don't they get untied a lot? But like, don't they kind of naturally well, untie? Well, not if you tie a double knot. But then yeah. it's also easier to untie. So, oh, I just like to wear well, Doc Martens. Hopefully, they got well. Hey, you wear them because you. I them. love my dog. Oh. I have lots of pairs. <laughs> so nice to be in boots weather again. <laughs> it's a relic of being like a punk rocker kid in high school. It's a sexy, <laughs> but relic. they're still cool. Like it's like any subculture can go with Doc Martens, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But you just don't want to wear the well. What used to be the Nazi code where it was like, what was it? White Doc Martens with black laces, or the other way around? Black Doc Martens with white laces, or something? Oh, I'll admit I don't know. It was. It was some kind of Nazi thing, and it, especially if you saw a skinhead with that. Nah. But now they're just like, oh, I'm alt right. I support Donald Trump. <laughs> I like Pepe the Frog. Now they yeah. don't have to wear the shoes because it's like more. It's becoming like socially acceptable to be a fucking Nazi now. You know, I noticed something just real quick. Like yeah. that alt right people, they're like people are starting to call them toads. 
because of Pepe. Oh, that's a good, yeah. And I like that because it's, you know, it's derogatory Mm -hmm. and, and it's not making fun of like frogs in general or anything like that. It's just saying you toad, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I dig it. Yeah. Although to be fair, I really like frogs and toads, the animal. They're cute. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> but I see the connotation that... Yeah, but like, Toad has ew, been held as derogatory yeah. for a long, long, hundreds of mm. years, so yeah, yeah. it fits. Well, not going to give them a kiss to find out if they turn into a <laughs> anything. Uh, and then somebody got some... This is interesting. This is called the Expand No-Tie Shoelaces System. I assume this goes with the shoelaces that they bought. Mm. Expand No-Tie Shoelaces System. Uh, one size fits all adult um, kid... And kid shoes. And it's basically like, it, it looks like it has these these clips. It says elastic with locking anchor closure, so never tie your shoes again. Just install the expand lacing system with the desired tension and slip on with no hassles day after day. It's like combining memory foam and shoelaces. Works for everyone. Over 200,000 units sold. That's amazing. Laces I, locked into place. I wish I had that like t- like. 30 years ago. No kidding. Because how long did it take you to learn how to tie your shoes when you were a kid? Well, I was going to tell you, <laughs> and I'm a little embarrassed by it. <laughs> I was not tying my shoes on my own until I was like eight or nine. Like, oh, that's not embarrassing. No, I mean, it like, took me forever. And in fact, I still, it's don't, hard. I, to this day, I still don't understand how most people do it. I have to do the bunny ears. Aw, like round the tree and loop around or whatever. Yeah, me. I do the bunny ears. Aw, that's so sweet. <laughs> like I remember just watching people do it, and I was just like, "Yeah, but where where'd that piece go? Like that doesn't make any sense." Aww. I can tie it, and then you were and... like, "Everything I've been told is a lie. It's a conspiracy." <laughs> well, my brother Wally he comes up to me. He's, and that's how Brian is. <laughs> he says, he's, "He's like, nah, nah." He says. You just do the just do the bunny ears. Let me show. You. And I was like, "Well, that makes perfect sense. Why the fuck would anybody you know, tie their shoes any other way?" You know. Like, anyway. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. You didn't okay. get the shoelace education that every child deserves. <laughs> no child left behind. Somebody got some niacinamide, 500 milligrams. Niacinamide is a it's a B vitamin, and what niacinamide and niacin do, which is niacin is like a similar vitamin um it lowers your triglycerides that's the thing Mm. so some people take it and it's just a vitamin but you can take it to lower your triglycerides as an alternative to something like phenofibrate or whatever the uh the one medicine they have that lowers triglycerides is another thing you can do if you have high triglycerides is if you're a woman get off birth control hormones because they raise them um, if you're taking birth control mm-hmm. and if you're, and by the way, this is not medical advice this is just what I remember from lipid stuff, which I did my PhD in like lipids, lipids, uh, and I went to medical school for a couple of years, but I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just telling you what I know about this stuff. Um, uh, you can look it up on the internet. Niacin lowers your triglycerides. Um, so if you're a woman, don't take birth control. If you're a man or if you're a woman who's not taking birth control, Eat less sugar because triglycerides are made when your liver is converting a lot of excess sugar that you don't need for your for energy into fat. And then it gets packaged out from your liver and sent out into your bloodstream in the form of triglycerides. So um, All right. you could you can try niacin to lower them or you can try a low carb diet or any of those modifications. 
Niacin has an interesting side effect, too. It causes flushing, so it, it makes your fr- face and chest get all red and flushed. Some mm. people really don't like that, and so some people take it with, like, an aspirin or a baby aspirin to prevent the flushing, because I guess that's it does prevent it. That's what I remember about niacin. All right. Baby <laughs> aspirin. Yeah. Um, somebody got some interesting... Does inter- baby aspirin cry? Yes. It goes... I bet. <laughs> 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 when you why good. are you eating me <laughs> put me back on the tree don't eat me <laughs> I don't care about your stupid heart attacks oh <laughs> gracious or your pain I have pain too I'm a baby I'm a baby <laughs> me alright we're getting tired <laughs> yeah we are somebody got blue emu Original analgesic cream contains emu oil, soothes joints and muscles, odor-free, non-greasy, America's number one emu oil deep penetrating support. Now, I've never tried emu oil as a moisturizer, but I bet it's very good because it's probably like kind of bioidentical. You know, it's like it kind of similar to the fats that are in your own body. So it just absorbs like right into your skin. Um, This says analgesic cream, so I don't know what else is in it. Maybe capsaicin or I'm, I'm guessing some kind of... Some kind of ingredients that either distract you from the pain or make you forget all about it. Oh, here we go. Look at the look at the ingredients. Dimethyl sulfone, MSM, acrylamide, ac- oh no, not acrylamide, acrylates, stearic acid. Oh, I'm not seeing anything. Oh, they have some herbs, horse chestnut. Sorry, this is boring to just read the ingredients. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I don't know what makes it analgesic, but emus are pretty cool. Um... Somebody got some probiotics, Garden of Life, doctor-formulated probiotics, once-daily women's, 30 capsules. I would like to try Garden of Life. I've heard a lot of good things about it as a brand. I take um, Prescript Assist probiotics, and I take Femdophilus, which is like a female probiotic for your vagina. And um, Sounds like femdom. Somehow, you, yeah. yeah, it does sound like femdom, doesn't it? Yeah, which That's why I'm such a strong woman, because these roll. bacteria are controlling my mind from my pussy. Let the women take over. Somehow you swallow it, and it ends up in your vagina. Like, they did, they showed data, like, from a study that shows, like, well, this bacteria wasn't in her vagina before, but she's been eating these pills, and somehow they ended up there. And that's pretty weird, because how did they get there? There's no root from the mouth of the vagina directly. <laughs> Human centipede. Yeah, definitely. It's the only explanation, really. (laughs) Somebody got three pounds of isopure whey protein isolate. And now this is like the ultimate kind of low-carb. This is a very popular brand of um, low-carb whey protein that's just the whey protein. Um, And it dissolves pretty easily in water and stuff like that, so you can make shakes with it. Three pounds for... Oh fuck! How much was it? Oh, is it forty dollars? So that's really not a bad price. For three pounds, yeah, that's for pretty three good. pounds, that's pretty good. It's unflavored too. So, oh, right on. I've been using pea protein recently. Yeah, pea protein is. I was. I had my doubts about pea protein. I uh-huh. was skeptical of it because I thought, well, what else from the pea ends up in there? Is it yeah, like yeah. Le- um, lectins or the bad shit from peas? Like bad, you know, bad uh, anti nutrients that are found in beans. <laughs> What? Well, you know, I'll tell you, there's something like I wondered, I was like, what did they put in this? Is like, did they put like <laughs> magnesium in here or something? Uh-huh. Like, it was very strange because every time I go to make a protein shake. Okay. Okay. And I put in, I, you know, I go to put the, the pea protein into yep. the, into the blender. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it, 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 it acts like metal shavings to a magnet. 
And as soon as like I start to tap it out, like it's just like it shoots all over the kitchen. Like, oh my gosh! Oh, that's actually like, it's because like static. that's yeah, that's because some proteins have negative charges, yeah, and so they attract yeah, yeah, to things. Yeah. It's not magnetism; it's actually a negative. It's, it's positive. A negative. Yeah, there it is. But okay. that that does happen with lots of different kinds of protein. <laughs> it's the weirdest. Isn't shit? that funny? Because, like I'm trying that. You to can't make actually pour it in; it goes <laughs> to the sides of the container. Yeah, I've had that happen before too. Negatively charged. Right? Yeah, there and it you is. learn something new. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've actually bought some, um, gelatin and collagen, like hydrolyzed, uh, cow gelatin, cow collagen. You can put it in soups to make them more jelly and kind of thick when they mm-hmm. get cold, or you can just put it in like some tea or whatever. I take collagen cause I've got like, I don't know, some skin stuff like eczema and I think it, you know, I hear it helps like rebuild the skin is like the building block. So yeah. I don't know. I probably get enough protein and it's it's fine, but <laughs> I just take it anyway. And it is kind of good. And you can make uh, healthy jello with it if you want to. And put it in an egg. And put it in an egg and, and, and put, put it, it in, in your, your butt. <laughs> or your pussy. <laughs> uh, move free triple strength, 80 count, glucosamine and chondroitin supplements. And that has a coupon you can clip from Amazon. And we also got natural melatonin time-release tablets, one milligram, and um, nature-made melatonin tablets, three milligrams. Now, I want to say a word about melatonin. Melatonin is really best taken under your tongue because when you swallow it, it goes to your liver first, okay, because it goes through your gut portal vein absorbs it goes to your liver your liver does something to it that deactivates it or doesn't get to your brain as fast when you put it under your tongue it's like mainlining it it's like it goes right into your veins and some of it gets into your brain where it needs to go to take effect to make you sleepy so what you want to do with melatonin is take it um is to do it under your tongue and i find that when i do that i only need a little little bit so Mm. i get source naturals melatonin which is you also want to make sure, like, nobody really has animal-sourced melatonin anymore. They used to grind up, like, pig brains and get the out of the... But you don't want that because that's, like, you could get prion disease or whatever. You don't want to mess with that. So <laughs> you get a vegetarian source of melatonin and you put it under your tongue and you'll sleep like a baby. <laughs> like a baby aspirin. <laughs> and I get Source Naturals. Um, it's like peppermint flavored. They have these three milligram tablets or one milligram tablets maybe, but I just take a tiny bite, like a quarter of one, and put it under my tongue and it knocks me out. Like it's a total nah. baby sleep. Now I used to take melatonin like every night to go to sleep, um, but... I don't anymore. I've like kind of learned to fall asleep without it. I sometimes when I get stressed out, I get into this loop, a pattern where I'm doing like uppers and downers. Like, I mean, the weakest stuff you could imagine. Like in the morning, I'll have caffeine right to wake me up, and then I'll be drinking caffeine like kind of into the afternoon because I'm like, oh shit, I haven't finished everything. I still need to work. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes time to get ready for bed, and I'm like, oh, I'm still like high from caffeine, so I need like a downer to put me to sleep. So then I take some melatonin or kava kava, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but you know, I kind of got out of that pattern and didn't need it anymore, but melatonin is great when you have jet lag. Like if we, if I go to Europe or something, you know, it's five hours, um, ahead. So it's like, you're trying to fall asleep and it feels like, you know, five in the afternoon when it's Mm -hmm. really 10 o'clock at night there. So you need something to, to help reset your clock. So that's, um, that would be melatonin is good for that is good for jet lag, especially if you have to fall asleep earlier than you're used to. And you're not tired yet. So um, the melatonin that these people bought, 
is not the under the tongue kind, you might be able to just take it under the tongue and it would do its job. But um, be advised that that is the most effective route to take melatonin if you're going to do that. Mm. Um, yes, all the interesting stuff. Kava, now, kava. now, kava kava. Yes, thank you. I'm actually drinking some kava kava tea right now. It's not slowing down my mouth because I feel like I'm a motor mouth, like talking a mile <laughs> a minute. But I'm just excited about Sex and Science Hour. That's really why. Mm. Um, but kava kava is a relaxing herb. It has something in it that's kind of like a like a. I guess similar to benzodiazepines, like Xanax. <laughs> wow. In the plant. Oh, no, that's valerian root. I'm sorry. I confused them. I don't know what kava kava has in it, but it's some kind of plant chemical that makes you relaxed and sleepy. And actually, I. Uh, on during our fall break, I went on a trip. I visited a friend. She listens to the show. It's well, it's, I could just say it. It's MK Lord. She's the producer. She's our producer of the show. I visited MK, and she took me to a kava bar. And we went to this. It was like a bar, but they don't serve alcohol. They serve kava drinks. So we had um, we had some shells. They're like these coconut bowls kind of things of kava, and we drank it. We felt good. We went out to dinner, and then we went back, and we had some more kava. <laughs> <laughs> and kombucha and it was really fun <laughs> yeah she's wonderful yeah but she's wonderful and so is kava i really like it as a relaxing kind of tea herb and you might like it too they people people complain because years ago there was this warning from the fda about liver damage with kava it's just like it's a small percentage of people that have a reaction to it where it damages their liver and i think you also have to drink quite a lot of it or you have to consume quite a lot of it but you know of course always you could always have a bad reaction to any drug or herbal supplement or herb or food um so you just have to be careful and just you know see how your body reacts to it do you know take a little bit first and see how that works for you um so I feel kind of ob obligated to say that, but um, I do enjoy kava as a beverage, and it definitely makes me feel relaxed, which is something I often have trouble with <laughs> when <Yeah>. I, <laughs> you know, just relaxing on my own. Okay, so let's get back to the stuff. Brian, have you ever tried kava or, or no, melatonin? Have you I, tried melatonin? No, I. Um, the only sleep aid I ever really thought about was this one I've mentioned on the show before, and that's um, from my, my personal hero, Steve Gibson of GRC of the security now podcast fame. Uh, he has a healthy sleep formula, but other than that, I really, I mean, and even that I don't Do you know what's in it. Uh, Magnesium it changes like, because, because mm. oftentimes like when he, d it's so popular and he created it, mm -hmm. but all the different ingredients like are scientifically shown to, well, someone will like when, once he announces, like he finds a new source for whatever, it sells out from wherever that source oh, was. Oh, wow. Uh, so it, it, it kind of changes here and there. But, gotcha. um, yeah, no, I generally don't need sleep aids, you know. Mm. <laughs> People say magnesium is another one that relaxes you. Mm. And I will say, speaking of period stuff, magnesium helps cramps because it helps smooth muscle relax like the one in your uterus. And hormonal birth control depletes magnesium from your body. Hmm. So if you are on it for years, you can get depleted and then you go off it and you have horrible cramps. Ladies, get yourself some magnesium. Magnesium chelate or magnesium citrate will work. Just don't take too much because it can have a laxative effect. And, you, you know, you don't want to be... Um, you don't want to be having that effect. You just want to replace the magnesium in your body yeah. that's lost. So, okay. 
back to, there's a lot of biochemistry in this one. <laughs> back to the home and kitchen department on Amazon on stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, where you can go too if you want to be on our after show. Somebody got duck brand peel and stick laminate adhesive shelf liner. So this is the stuff that you put on the bottom of your cabinets if you're like a really good housewife to like protect them. <laughs> no, seriously, I like, I'm the kind of person that cuts corners and I wouldn't do this, but some somebody out there is, and they have a way more organized kitchen than me. So good for you. Sure. <laughs> somebody got the Hurricane 360 Spin Mop Bulb Head. Now, this is like a salad spinner for a mop. You put your mop oh. in it, and then you step on the pedal, and it spins your mop dry. I like That's a that. pretty cool thing. I like that a lot. It spins your mop clean, too. So so that was $40. It looks like it could be sort of like an as-seen-on-TV thing, but it looks like it would do the trick, too. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, somebody got a set of stri- a set of sheets, gray, Italian striped. Ooh, I wonder if I know whose bed these are going on. I might. I Ooh. might have been in the apartment where this bed is. Uh, but these are Italian striped four piece full set sheet set of sheets, and I guess Italian stripes, which I'm learning right now. <laughs> this the picture of the sheets has these gray sheets where they have a stripe that's kind of shiny and a stripe that's kind of matte. Maybe mm-hmm. that's Italian stripes. I don't know. I'm the I'm a bad housewife. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got a comforter set too, um, a Luxon microfiber Dobby plaid down alternative comfort comforter set. So this is like it looks like a comfortable thing. It's like a nice bluish gray kind of color. Maybe the sheets go with that, um, and it's a nice little queen size comforter. It was only thirty five bucks. And microfiber, can you believe that? That's great. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, I you can't get a comforter usually for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just shopping in the wrong places and it's been a while, but <laughs> let us know how it works out if you want to tell us. Somebody's getting ready for Halloween, which we are getting ready for Halloween too. Next week is gonna be our Halloween episode with all kinds of scary shit like yep. like super chlamydia on the rise. Um mm. <laughs> doesn't that terrify you? Be afraid. Be very afraid for next week of Sex and Science Hour. Um, but somebody's getting ready for the Halloween costume, I have a feeling, because they got Snazaroo hair color spray red. Ten bucks, spray it on your hair, makes it red, and everybody has a good time on Halloween. Nice. <laughs> Ooh, now this is nice. Somebody got some satin sheets. Ooh. We had luxurious Italian cotton. Now we have silky soft satin. And these come in navy blue. It's a four-piece sheet, so pillowcases, sheets, mattress fitted sheet. Um, and it looks like very shiny and nice. nice. Do you like do you like satin sheets, no. Brian? No? Mm-mm. You don't? They're I like, like satin pillowcases, but not sheets. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason for the pillowcases is because it doesn't mess up my curly hair. Yeah. I mean, have the princess, you know, curly hair pillows. Uh, yeah. Nothing I mean, but the best. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, certainly if somebody digs satin, they dig it. Uh, but uh, it has an odd feel. An odd feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can trick. It, it plays weird tricks with the temperature for me. Yep. Like, yep. it feels like cool but hot at the same time sometimes. Yeah. You never know which which temperature, if you're roasting or freezing. Isn't that life? (laughs) So Mark Myers wrote a book called A Smarter Way to Learn jQuery. Learn it faster. Remember it longer. All right. (laughs) And it looks like it doesn't have an audio book. So 
know. You can always, by the way, hire me for voiceover or to do your audiobook or, or an audiobook you like. Well, I can't say you can always hire me because I am busy and I don't have that much availability. But yeah. if you, you know, this just for future reference, putting this out there, I am a voice actor. You can find my website at smvoice.info. And, um, or you can get in touch with me through Sex and Science Hour if you want me to do voiceover, especially for short things like explainer videos or phone greetings. Those are easy. Audiobooks, bigger commitment, bigger project, but you know, we can talk about it. So anyway, smarter way to learn jQuery. I guess jQuery must be some kind of coding thing. Um, yeah, it's related to JavaScript. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's because there's a companion book that says JavaScript. So yeah. cool. Have fun learning jQuery the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> Not my thing, but hey, somebody needs to make the internet for the rest of us so we can do this show. In the Kindle department, we got Death's End, The Three-Body Problem by oh. Sixin Liu and Ken Liu. Yeah, very, very popular book. Oh, really? It's it, Was it translated from, what do you know what from language? Chinese. Chinese, yeah. yeah. Liu sounds Chinese, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah actually, uh, this is supposedly President Obama's favorite book. Really? Or one of his favorites, anyway. Oh, it's the Obama Book Club. Yeah, it's 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 quite the book. Okay. Um, now, Brian, we've got some of your favorite um, books, which we talked about on the show before. Somebody got a Gorian book, the uh, the Tarnsman of Gore, Gorian Saga Book One by John Norman. Oh, man. That yeah. has some BDSM in it, huh? <laughs> Somebody's really like going wild with sci- with the science fiction. I mean, yeah. and, and kudos because you're you're you got a great library building up. Totally. Um, yeah, the Korean saga. In fact, the the latest book just came out in the end of August, I mm-hmm. believe. Uh, it's like book thirty four. I mean, they, oh wow! They've been going so on they're forever. starting from book one, but then there's thirty three yeah. more. <laughs> but they're not they're not like terribly long reads. They're all by John Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, enjoy your time on the Counter Earth and the uh, the adventures of Tarl Cabot. <laughs> when does this? When does the slave stuff come in? And the padlocks. Oh, and, it, you know. like in no time. In no time. Okay, I, I great. Mean, it, it opens right up with with Charles getting told, "Guess what? This is how the world works." Okay, and we've got these priest kings that are these insects. I mean, oh, it's it, it's wild. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's a pretty hot read, I have to say. <laughs> nice. We got Terms of Enlistment: The Front Lines, Book One by Marco Clues. Are you familiar with that one? Mm-mm. Okay, no, me neither. Travel Like a Minimalist by Emma Buckley. It didn't get very good ratings. It's got two and a half stars, which that's, ouch, that's harsh. Yikes. Um, <laughs> maybe she wrote the book like a minimalist, too, and didn't tell you really like, all the information. <laughs> she's getting minimalist reviews. Yeah, she's getting minimalist reviews. Um, in the in the face department, <laughs> the face. We, in the face department, we've got Jack Black Double Duty Foice, Face Moisturizer SPF 20. Now, I Jack Black wasn't that like a character? It's an actor. Oh, an actor, yeah. Yeah. Um, it it appears to be for women, but it, I I don't know. I don't ask questions. Jack I just Black had stuff. quite the face. Yeah, that's right. I I don't know if you'd want to like sell it like you could get a face like Jack Black by putting this cream on your <laughs> face, but I don't know. The person bought it, so it must be good. <laughs> uh, in the uh. In the hand, in the office products department, we've got handstands. This is like a wrist pad cushion for your mouse. Mm-hmm. I admit sometimes I could probably use one of these because I lean my hand all day. I'm doing audio editing. Today it's especially tired. Uh-huh. Um, I created some extra keyboard shortcuts in my digital audio workstation today to make my work more ergonomic, but I'm still feeling it because I was like editing all day. Carpal tunnel. 
carpal no no carpal tunnel okay um that I'm going to have to exercise my wrist by you know vigorously moving it up and down and gripping some sounds object. great yeah yeah I think I, you can help me out with I that can, I can give you a hand with that okay great great can I can give, give you a hand, you a hand. And yeah. I'll, yeah okay <laughs> now somebody must have a sound studio because I know fellow podcasters listen to our show for inspiration or or what have you or entertainment and we had somebody buy a twelve pack of acoustic acoustic foam wedge panels for soundproofing a studio nice yeah it's pretty cool and actually it was is pretty cheap it was only 17.99 for a 12 pack now you'd probably need a couple of 12 packs to really cover a room but on the other hand like that's pretty affordable uh, Oralex foam is like a hundred dollars you know for for that much yeah i mean if it's a small area that'd probably do all right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah if you had like a closet maybe or something yeah <laughs> make a little vocal booth um in the sports department we had an in-bike joints alloy steel foldable bike lock which is like you know just like to keep your bike locked up sure to a handy. pole or tree or what what have you um that's definitely a must if you're going to have a bike and you live in a city I, I don't get how some people can just leave their bikes out and like expect it to be there. I don't know, like somebody could without just ride locking it. Yeah, without locking it. Oh, I don't know. He just even rides does off that, really. on it. I don't know. People used to do it when I was in college a lot. Huh? Even on a college campus, I don't know. Maybe they figured if somebody stole their bike, they'd find them and beat them yeah, up. Yeah, maybe <laughs> take their bike back. Um, now this is cute. In the pet supplies department, we've got the slopper stopper dripless water bowl for dogs and cats. And I guess it's it has a picture of a dog like sticking their tongue into the bowl. And I guess it's like, I don't know, it's some kind of bowl that, you know, prevents basically prevents them from slobbering all over the place. Like it keeps the water kind of contained. They have to stick their face in the middle of the bowl. And it's like almost like a cone of shame that they stick it down (laughs) to get the water. The slopper stopper. I like that. Um, somebody got an exercise device called a, uh, a stability cushion. It's like a it's like a, a disc, rather like the flat earth, actually, but squishy. Um, <laughs> okay. It's a blue disc. <laughs> so, it, yes, it is like the flat earth. Uh, that's like a stability ball that's like got air in the middle, but it's, it's squishy so that if you stand on it, you're going to be inverting and everting your foot a lot to balance. Right. It's going to be like a balance device. So people do all kinds of things with these. Like they stand on them and then they lift weights. They stand on them with one leg and they balance. They do yoga poses on them. Um, it looks like a pretty solid one and has a thing to help you pump it up, which is always nice. Um, somebody got one of those dice shaker cups where it's like when you're playing i don't know maybe yahtzee yahtzee yeah yahtzee is a great one um and you put the the die in like a black cup with mm-hmm. a lid and then you shake it up and then you oh, it's you also good for roll rolling it. the bones rolling the bones so yep read that's the future. right mm-hmm. yep do you do that brian never <laughs> and then last but not least in the kids department and this is from um is this amazon launch pad oh interesting so in the kids department we have a toy called Cosmo by Anki, and this is a this is an Amazon Launchpad, which is like a startup company, I guess, on them. Okay. Cosmo, it says, is a real life robot like you've only seen in the movies, with a one of a kind personality that evolves the more you hang out. Oh shit, Cosmo's gonna be like cleaning up your house pretty soon and <laughs> doing your take, being your nanny for your kids. Cosmo expresses. Oh shit, this is getting scarier and scarier. We should have saved this for the Halloween show. Cosmo expresses real emotions in response to your actions. 
I I don't know what that looks like. Compatible with iOS or Android device and free downloadable Cosmo app required. New games and upgrades are unlocked the more you play. Oh, that's fucking scary as well. Um, Because it's going to be addictive and it's going to be like a person. Uh, Durability and security have been rigorously tested. I bet. Cosmo SDK Beta is a connected robotics platform for makers, hobbyists, educators, and researchers. More details at developer.anki.com. And then it, it, it says, say hello to Cosmo, a gifted little guy with a mind of his own. He's a real-life robot like you've only seen in movies with a one-of-a-kind personality that evolves the more you hang out. He'll nudge you to play and keep you constantly surprised. Cosmo's your accomplice in a crazy amount of fun. This does actually look kind of interesting. It's it's like a pet, but it's a robot that makes faces at you. And here they have a picture of it that's it's making kind of like an angry, scary face. Do you see that, Brian? It's like oh, yeah. uh, it's like a devilish kind of like <laughs> like a <laughs> you know like the eyebrows kind of leaning in. It's like a like a kind of a scary face, um, <laughs> and it looks pretty small. It looks about the size of your fist. So, wow, yeah, have fun the, with it. Have fun with it and let us give us a review. Let us know how it turns out. I think we got to say goodnight because that's all for now. But if you want to support our show, tell a friend. First of all, tell a friend, tell two friends. I told a lot of people on my vacation about Sex and Science Hour. It was a great conversation starter. People would introduce me and say like, oh, this is my friend Stephanie. She has a podcast. It's called Sex and Science Hour. And I would get reactions ranging from like, oh, that's nice, to what's a podcast? To, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm so glad to hear you do a podcast. What's your podcast feed? Let me subscribe to it right now. So there's a range, you know, yeah, there's yeah, a range, yeah. but a lot of people really, really think our podcast sounds cool and want to check it out. So if you're a new listener, thanks for joining us today. You can subscribe and uh, make sure you never miss a show at sexandsciencehour.com. If you like the show, tell a friend, tell two friends, share the show. Um, and. What else? Well, well, we'll be back at you next week. And if you want to support us and be on the after show, you can shop at stuff.sexandsciencehour.com. Give us a tip on our website. And uh, really, we just thank you for enjoying our show. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on Sex and Science Hour. Bye.